Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining me today on Recovery Roots. I'm your host, Tim Arigo, offering you an innovative approach to addiction recovery and sharing stories of triumph over trauma that provide hope to the hurting. So, yeah, how many people, how many people know, how many of you guys know here, uh, that this experience, if you let it and if you choose, will shape and mold your character. Yeah. So I tell people this all the time. I tell them that this is happening for you. When you start to live life in the perspective in the perspective that life is happening for you and not to you, man, life gets a lot easier. How many people do you know that are in treatment and they're like, man, I'm in rehab. I'm in rehab. And the shoulders slump down. Even just that word, it carries like a negative connotation with it. At first, when I went to a 28-day program, everybody said we used ass. I just went away for a I was kind of ashamed of him. I was in rehab. Well, I just really done it to keep my job, they said. Yeah. I mean, I told them about it. Was he in rehab? You still have a job when you get back. Uh, this right here is for me. Yeah, this is 100% for you. This is happening for you, not to you. Meaning, when I live in a perspective that this is happening for me and not to me, I have the capacity to see a couple things. Number one, if I'm living like this is happening for me, I'm living in the solution. I'm living in the growth. I'm living in the opportunity. If I'm living in the the perspective that this is happening to me, I'm living in victimhood. I'm living as if this is a consequence for my using rather than an opportunity to change who I am. Big difference. Big difference. Goal, what is your goal? To create a motherfucker that you're proud of and that you admire and then to give that away. And I'll I'll, I'll say that a hundred thousand times. Create the man that you're proud of and give that away. I mean, come on guys. We all know at the end of the day, like is the alcohol really the problem? Is the alcohol really the problem? Is the heroin really the problem? No, it's an avoidance. It's an avoidance tactic. Avoidance of what? Avoidance of how the fuck I feel about me at the end of the day. Then I'm not living in congruency with my conscience. And that conscience, man, when you feel regret from your conscience, that's a hookup. That's your conscience keeping you in check. When you feel that shame, when you feel that regret, that's a hookup from your conscience. That's your conscience telling you, hey, motherfucker, you're stepping out of line right now. I mean, we all have that voice, right? The voice, the second the alarm goes off and says, get up, get up. And then we hit the snooze. We have that voice that says, don't eat that food. And I eat that food. We have that voice that says, you need to work out today. We have that voice that says, don't take that drink. You know what's gonna happen. And the problem is guys, that we're not living in alignment. We're not living in alignment. Alignment with what? Your conscience. 
your conscience. Why are we acting like you guys don't know the difference between right or wrong? You guys aren't stupid. You know the difference between right or wrong. How do I know that? Because you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. Your conscience, when you rolled in here, your conscience kept you in check and said, hey, you need to get help. You're slipping. This is becoming a problem. You're not living in adherence to who you want to be. You're not living and becoming the man that you want to be, the man that you admire. You're not doing that. And so that's when the part of me like, that I, I get sickened by my own self. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to make that change. But let me tell you right now, this type of change, it comes through adherence to principles and it comes through work. It comes through work, you guys. It comes through work. But at the end of the day, that work, it doesn't really become work at some point because you fall in love with that process. What is the process? The process of personal development, the process of self-investment, right? It's like when you create an internal process that fortifies you enough that when you're offered drugs or alcohol, the way that you feel on the inside is it, it exceeds any type of temptation on the outside. Basically, the way that you feel about you, the self-confidence, the pride that you have in your process, it exceeds any type of temptation from the outside. Meaning you're no longer influenced by people, places, things, some chick, a job, a loss here. You have an internal process that's fortified you enough. And most people, guys, they haven't gained that internal process. They haven't gained something that isn't worth sacrificing for four hours being drunk. They have. They haven't gained anything that isn't sacrificing for five hours being hot. That's why I always tell people, can never fix the inside from the outside. You can only fix the inside from the inside. It's that inner accountability, self-control, self-discipline. Self-control and self-discipline are the greatest high known to man. Like when you can walk in anywhere unscathed and know that there is nothing outside of me that would ever make me sacrifice what the fuck I've earned on the inside. Yeah, not gonna happen. You got me fucked up. That's not going to happen. There's nothing on the outside that could ever influence me enough to sacrifice what I've gained on the inside. And what I've gained on the inside is admiration for who I am, respect for who I am, confidence, and self-worth. So why would I sacrifice that for something temporary? See the alcohol and drugs for what they are, not what they appear to be. The shit is temporary. It doesn't last long. I've told people this forever. In life, anything that comes easy never lasts long. And anything that lasts long never comes easy. That's a fact. I mean, that's a fact of life. This pleasure seeking, these quick temporary little fixes, the alcohol being a vice, like see for what it is. See for what it is. Like, I'm gonna run away from this problem and potentially create more problems by using this vice? No, and, and the problem is, is that there is no progress 
There is no growth without pain. Like, those are the moments. It's like, dude, you were about to level the fuck up had you just not gotten high. Like, that was the moment where you were going to grow and you were going to learn something about you, but you gave in. Like when, we, like, when people say, like, avoid this, avoid that, avoid this, avoid that, avoid these triggers, it's like, you don't want to avoid that stuff. Those are the moments of personal growth. Like, there's a dope dealer in every corner. There's a liquor store in every corner. There's adversity right in front of you. It's approaching you. It's coming at you. Nobody is immune to that. Nobody's exempt from that. The adversity is waiting for you. But there's growth through that adversity. There's growth there. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I want to learn and grow. I want to level up. I don't want to just be sober. I want to level the fuck up in everything I do. I want to be constantly pushing, pushing the bar, pushing progressive overload in every area of my life. That's what I want. Not just to be sober. Some people just want to be sober and they want to skip across the bottom. That's cool. That's cool. But I want to, I want to maintain a level of self-discipline and structure. Structure. How many of you guys know we thrive off structure? We thrive off structure. I thrive off structure. I don't know about you, but I thrive off structure. My own structure. The structure that I lay down. This is my wake-up time. This is my time for morning reflection. This is my workout hours. Right? These are the times I eat. These are the times I reflect again. These are the times I meditate. These are the... T- That's it. That, that structure, man. We have, when we're loose with that structure, it's pretty easy. Lay down the structure. Hold yourself accountable to that structure. The problem is, is here, they don't really ask a lot from you. Say, like, show up here at this time. Do this at this time. Take your medication at this time. But other than that, the structure isn't yours. So you have to establish that structure. What are you doing outside of the hours of group? What are you doing outside of the hours of therapy? If we really look at it, man, it's, People have never, they've never gained anything that isn't sacrificing for that, that drink, that pipe, that needle, that chick, that quick, temporary little pleasure seeking. And the sad part is people continue to seek happiness in the same place they fucking lost it. It's like, dude, you're, you're seeking happiness in the same place you just lost it. Like, I wish that somebody would have told me I was using the wrong shit. Right? I wish somebody would have said, hey, Tim, you're using the wrong shit. Like, had you just gone to work on you, you could develop a feeling that will sustain you and that will exceed these little temporary bursts of euphoria that you're chasing. Like it comes and goes, man. And it's all synthetic and fake. Like it takes me out of a place where I could grow. It takes me out of the pain that I need to experience. Don't run from that. Don't run from that. In that darkness is where you find those answers. Find those answers, go into that dark place. That's where we have to be real and raw with who the fuck we are. Like, go into that mirror. Say those things. Acknowledge what's there. Hold yourself accountable. It's okay. It's okay to say those things to yourself. 
It's okay to call yourself those names if you're willing to fix it. If you're not, that's just negative self-talk. If you're not, that's just negative self-talk. But it's okay to hold yourself accountable and say, hey, dude, these are the areas of your life and the improvement. This is the shit that I can't tolerate about you. So I told you, when that conscience, man, when that conscience, it tells you, hey, man, don't hit that snooze button, and I do it. Hey, man. Don't have sex with this girl without a con, and I do it. Hey, man. You should really get up right now and fill out that application, and I don't do it. Hey, man. You know you need to hit that workout right now, and, not, uh, and I don't do it. Hey, man. You should really help that guy, but I don't do it. Hey, man. You really need to open up about what's going on, and I don't do it. All, all day, every day, living out of alignment with my conscience. Everybody here has a conscience. That conscience is telling you what to do. It's telling you how to live. It's telling you how to walk in accordance with the vision. It's telling you how to walk in accordance with that vision. Hey, look. Don't do this and do these things. But what do we do? We don't listen to it. We don't listen. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You have that voice. It tells you, hey, you're stepping out of line here. You're stepping out of line here. And the reality is, what are you doing here? You're trying to create a guy that you're proud of. A guy that you admire so that you can give that away. Because at some point in time, that self-esteem, that self-worth, that self-confidence, become, it starts, your cup starts to fill up and it starts to brim over. The only fucking choice at that point is to give it away. That's all you can do at that point is give that shit away. Stop the car. Stop the car. Stop the car. What's up? Stop the car. Hey, man. What's up, man? Hey, here's 10 bucks. Hey, man. I just want you to know that God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. Get back in the car. Why'd you do that, man? It wasn't about me in that moment. I'm in an argument. Hey, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm totally wrong. I apologize. I'm at fault. Fuck. You used to argue with me. Yeah, you know why? I don't have to be right anymore because I realize I'm a fallible man and me being right isn't connected to my ego anymore. So I can own when I'm wrong. I can take extreme ownership in every aspect of my life without it affecting my ego. Ah, oh, you changed, man. Woke up at 6 a.m., woke up, did that workout, did that reflection. Was in, the, was in the kitchen, making that smoothie, making that protein shake, cooking up that oatmeal. Somebody walked in, they're like, hey bro, I'm like, hey, good morning, brother. Man, bro, what happened with you? I was on, I'm on point this morning. I already got four wins, I already got four victories this morning. Well, every motherfucker was asleep in the house, I already had four victories. Oh, bro, like, you're, you're already like, yeah, you know why? Because that's how I show up for me now. You know why? Because that's how I hold myself accountable now. You know why? Because that's what makes me feel good. Because I'm creating a guy that I'm proud of. I'm creating somebody that I'm proud of. I'm not living in the shame and guilt of my past. I'm not tripping on the future. I'm living in adherence with who I know I need to be. This guy's world starts to open up because everything that he's doing starts to translate into other areas of his life. Because that starts to bleed over. I always tell guys, you take one thing, man. Take one thing. Master that thing. Discipline and self-control in that one area. Okay? You did it. Good job. Good job. All right. Now let's add another thing. Okay? Master those two areas. Complete discipline and self-control in those two areas. Go. 
Good job. Good job. You did it. All right. Good job, self. All right. Let's, uh, let's add one more. Now master those three things. Okay, good job. You mastered all of those. You developed a level of accountability, consistency, and discipline in those areas. Very good. All right, let's add one more. Can you handle that? Is that too much? Okay, you can handle that. Okay, very good. Okay, now this person has fortified themselves with an internal process, and they've gained some shit that isn't worth sacrificing for four hours being high. That isn't worth sacrificing for a pipe. Because why? That internal process, it exceeds any type of outside influence, any type of temptation, any type of pleasure seeking, any type of temporary little immediate escape. This guy has nothing to escape. All he has is shit to feel good about. Because why? He's not living in the self-loathing. He's not living in the shame. He's not sitting there going, man, fuck, I really wish this would change. Man. I really just wish this would change. Why couldn't it have been different? Why couldn't I have just like stopped before it became a problem? Why can't I just, you know, still blow a little weed? Like it's not that big a deal. Like, why, why can't I just, I mean, I've seen that question why, I've seen that question why cripple people. Why? Living in the why, living in the problem, living as a victim. Living in, just living in why, instead of living in what? What is the solution? What is God trying to show me through this experience? What can I take away from this experience that I can learn and grow from? What do I need to do to overcome this adversity? What are my strengths and weaknesses in this area? What is the larger message here? See. Immediately when someone is living in the what and not the why, they're living in the perspective that this is happening for them and not to them. That it's happening for them and not to them. It's happening for me. This shit is happening for me. This ain't happening to you. It's happening for you. You got blessed. There's like 4% of people in, this, in, in America that actually get to get help. You're blessed. You got blessed. It's happening for you. Why? Because this is forcing you to look at yourself in the mirror and be real and raw with who the fuck you are so you can change it. That's it. That's it. That's why I always thought like, you got guys already and they're talking about, man, I really don't want to, I really don't want to fuck over my family again. Man, I really don't want to, I really don't want to get high again. Man, I really hope this works out. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Good luck, bro. I hope so. It's like already basically entertaining the idea that I'm going to fail. It's like I'm all about mentality. Like creating a mentality, creating a vision that's so strong that it becomes impenetrable by anything. Will it into fucking existence? Make that shit happen. What's stopping you from doing that is your own self-doubt. Is your own, is your own voice that's telling you like, oh, man, like remember what happened last time? Like, oh, remember that? Like, and, and what I'm telling you right now is any thought, 
Any thought, anyone at all, that comes in glaring contrast with the vision needs to be smashed and eliminated. Like, are you paying attention to the negative, self-defeated, distorted thinking? Are you creating empowering self-talk? Are you creating that, that powerful language internally? That language that exceeds the confines of this room. The language that exceeds the confines of this room. The emotional experience, the feeling of empowerment, excitement, being invigorated, being motivated, by being driven, that exceeds the confines of this place. Like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to grow so fucking hard in this environment, people aren't even going to know what the fuck hit them when they see me. Getting so excited about that growth. That's what we need. That's what we fucking need, man. That's what we need. That's what we need as men. We need to go out there and assert ourselves into the world and accomplish shit and stack wins. That's what we need. We don't need to sit around and sit around and cry and complain about the past. Check it out. I got stories that can make your ears bleed, just like you do. But here's the reality, like, you have to start to identify and talk about what is the shit that's holding you back. Man, I was molested when I was nine. I never talked to anybody about that. That needs to come out. That's got to come out of the closet, man. Those skeletons got to get, come out. Man, I got this, I got these insecurities, man. They just dominate and control me. I just feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I'm not enough. I feel inferior to other people, man. It just kills me. Okay, that's got to come out. All that shit's got to come out. We got to sort through all that. We got to look at all that and understand that that's the shit that's holding you back. I mean, how do you feel about that? You're molested at eight years old and now you just re-traumatize yourself and you live from that space. That same broken and distorted identity. How do you feel about that? Same motherfuckers that victimized you took 40 years of your life. Now what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? You're going to live in that? You're going to allow that shit to continue to run you? and control you, and steal from you? Like, man, I got fired up. Like, in the beginning, I was like, man, I'm laying it all on the table. Here it is. The whole spread. There it is. And I don't give a fuck what you think about that. Because you know why? I'm here to grow. I'm here to learn. And let's face it, I'm not going to see half of you again anyway. I don't plan on coming back here. My plan is something much greater. My plan is something much bigger. My plan is a lot bigger than the confines and the walls of this place. Creating such a high vibration that fucking people felt that from 40 feet away. You felt that four doors down. You knew that I was in that room meditating. You knew that I was in that room reflecting. You knew that I was in group getting real. You knew that it was going down. And you knew what time it was when I was in group and I was opening up. Because none of it was fake. None of it was... I was just straight up. Here it is. I'm terrified. I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm lost. I don't know. But I didn't care. See, it was, see, none of that was based on other people. It was based on what I needed to do, what I needed to identify in order to get where I wanted to be. So I'm asking you, like, are you limiting yourself in that way? Are you, are you stopping yourself from talking about things that you know inevitably you need to do? You go in that therapy and you wait for the last second in therapy for her to pull something out of you? Or for him to pull something out of you? No, go in with an agenda. Hey, check it out. I got this list. This is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to know. I didn't come here to waste time. I didn't come here to just blow this up. No, I came here with a vision. I came here with a passion. 
Why? Of being the dad I know I need to be. Being the man I know I need to be. Being the son I know I need to be. Being that guy. Becoming the guy that I'm proud of. Becoming the guy that I admire. That's why I've always told people, acquire what you admire. Acquire what you admire. You see people with those skills, attributes. You see people with that stuff. Acquire that. That's what always surprised me about somebody that goes to a 12-step meeting and they grab a sponsor just because. Arbitrarily just select a guy to influence their life without even checking this guy's resume. Like, bro, how do you carry yourself? How do you live your life? Let me make sure that's in accordance with what I want. And then I'll ask you. I'm not desperate over here. No, I'm going to select those people and be very aware of who I select that's going to influence me. Very aware of that. You've got to pay attention. You've got to pay attention to every little thing. Pay attention to those thoughts. Pay attention to those emotions. Pay attention to how those emotions motivate and influence how you act. Pay attention to that conscience because that conscience is all day, every day. Hey, you're slipping. You're slipping. Hey, no, no. Create that structure. Lay down that structure. How do I want to live my life? What is the structure? And then roll that out of here. It's crazy to me, man. Guys go, they, they, dude gets to the airport and he's already pouring a hard fucking drink at the airport. Like, damn, bro. It was, is it that bad? Like, is it that bad? Like you didn't, you didn't do shit while you were here. And then I have to face the fact that maybe some people, they don't really want that life. They just kind of just not want the consequences from the using. They don't really want to go beyond being sober. They don't really want to level up. They don't really want to change. They don't really want to rechannel that energy. They don't really want to demonstrate a level of inner accountability that is just savage. They don't want to do that. Like, hey, no, check it out, bro. This is what you're doing now. This is what you're doing now. And anytime you slip from this plan, you're getting held accountable. That's it. That's the deal. You're getting held accountable. You said you were going to meditate at this hour. That shit came out of your mouth, so you better hold yourself accountable to that. I mean, think about that. How many times do we say things, guys? We say things to people like, like, well, don't live your life this way. Like, I was the biggest piece of shit ever. Like, I would tell people how to live their life, and I wasn't doing any of that shit. I wasn't doing any of that. Like, hey, take my advice. I have great advice for you. Live your life this way. But I wasn't doing any of that. What a fucking hypocrite. But you know what? I wasn't scared to call myself a hypocrite. I got in the mirror and said, dude, you're a fucking hypocrite. You're a liar, too. Not being afraid to go there with ourselves. Why? Because I was willing to change it. I didn't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to continue to create... And then, you know what? The only way to fix that is to wear that facade. Walk around like, yeah, you know, like, I really got what I want. When underneath it all, I'm the most insecure dude in the room. And I have to portray that facade. Why? It's a mask that I want you to buy into. Because I want to buy into it, too. Because it's the exact opposite of how I really see myself on the inside. Why? Because I don't live in accordance or adherence to fucking anything. I'm all about that quick money. I'm all about that fast cash. I'm all about that quick high. I'm all about that temporary, immediate escape. I'm all about that next, that next rush, that next not learning how to just live in a state of internal stability, that flow state, creating that flow state, locking into that flow state, living in the process, loving that process, 
not living in the result. Like, I think that's one of people's biggest problems is thinking that they'll have no problems, man. Everybody has problems. Everybody has problems. Donald Trump has money problems just like the homeless guy in the street's got money problems. Everybody's got money problems. Everybody's got problems. But what, it's about having those quality problems. And understand one thing. Those problems are being sent to you by God for you. They're happening for you. Because it's forcing you to do what? Look within for those answers. Look within. The answers are all right there. You don't need to look outside of you. Stop looking outside. Stop looking and waiting for things outside of you to affect the way that you feel on the inside. Create that change internally. Create that dialogue. Create that motivation. Create that inspiration. And understand one thing. You have to light that fire. You have to create that kindling. That has to roll out of this environment. And you have to create an internal process that will fortify you enough so when somebody says, hey, bro, do you want to smoke this with me? I go, no, I'm good. I don't need it. Oh, what? You don't? No, I don't. Oh, you don't get down. I just, I just told you I didn't. You just asked me again. I just told you I didn't get down like that. Learning how to be assertive in our own life. Learning how to call the shots in our own life. Stepping into the fucking battery box for once. Instead of sitting on the sideline and allowing other people to influence me. Allowing situations to influence me. Oh, a job loss to influence me. And constantly turning the knife back on me. And how is that making it any better? Really? It's all, it's all a head game. But you've got to play that game. You've got to get into that game. Stop living in the victimhood. Stop living in the self-pity. Stop living in the sorrow. Stop living in the shame. You live there long enough. It's over. You can't redo it. You can't wish it away. All you can do is make a living amends. And the way you make that living amends is tipping that scale. When you start to add value to people's lives, it starts to negate and it starts to marginalize and mitigate all the ways that you felt about you. Kind of hard to feel like a piece of shit when you're adding value to people's lives. Kind of hard to feel like a piece of shit, right, when it ain't about you anymore. Why? Because my kids depend on that. My wife depends on that. My mom and dad depend on that. People depend on that from me. So there's a level of subconscious accountability with everything over everybody around me. My dad sees me and he's like, man, son, what happened with you? What happened, dad, is I decided to look down and see a pair of fucking nuts and man up. That's what happened, dad. Wow, son. Wow, you changed. Yeah, you know, I did change. Yeah, I changed my perspective. I decided to see that every opportunity in life is an opportunity. Everything that happens in life is an opportunity for growth. And that pain creates progress. That pain creates growth. And that my daily process and the structure that I establish for myself, Dad, it's really important that I live that way because it keeps me accountable to myself and it keeps me in line with my vision. And it keeps me congruent within myself where I don't have to lie to myself about shit that I do. That's the biggest problem with people. They try to convince their mind of something that their heart already knows is wrong. Trying to convince your mind of something your heart already knows is wrong. Don't take that drink. My heart already said don't take that drink. I'm like, yeah, but it's just, I mean, come on, bro. Like, it's just one drink. I mean, like, other people, normal people drink. I mean, so come on. 
<laughs> that bad, bro. I mean, I didn't have an alcohol problem, so it's, I mean, don't, don't blow those trees. Man, like, come on. I mean, weed's legal, man. Like, it's not that big of a deal, man. Like, come on. I didn't ever have I mean, a weed problem. I mean, weed's not even a drug, man. See, again, my heart told me it was wrong, and here I go fucking self-manipulating again. My heart told me it was wrong, and here I go just twisting it up in my head again. Why? Because I want the easy way out. I want to cut fucking corners in every area of my life. And my heart tells me, hey, bro, don't do it. My conscience tells me, hey, bro, don't do it. And I fucking do it. And then what happens? Deal with those consequences. Deal with those consequences again. And then I go, it's happening to me. It's happening to me. No, motherfucker, you're creating it. You're creating it. Because you're not living in fucking accordance with who you know you need to be. Now it's time to level the fuck up and get real with yourself. Damn, yeah. That inner voice is like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. <sighs> it's true. I know it's true. I know that what you're saying is true. And why, why am I speaking this way? Why am I telling you that's true? Because I lived that way. I lived that way. One of the most selfish motherfuckers on the planet. It's all about me. It's all about me and my dough. And what I was going to sell you and how I was going to make money off of you to then buy another bag. And it was all about me. All about me and my selfish ass shit. My pleasure-seeking, selfish life. And no concern for anybody else. Just wrapped up in me. And thinking like, I'm not selfish. I'm not that selfish. Like, no, you're fucking selfish, bro. 100% you're selfish, dude. Like, I knew, I knew that I was selfish. When like one day I got accused of something that I didn't do. And then I checked myself and I'm like, didn't you do that before? How many times have you done that? You're getting all fired up and upset and you're feeling like shit and you're embarrassed. How many times have you accused something of some, somebody of something they didn't do? I'm getting mad as my neighbor comes out with the trash. Hey bro, hold the door. I'm early in sobriety. I'm like, this fucking guy, dude, hold the door. You're on the other side of the complex. Guy comes through the door and I immediately check myself and I'm like, you got a problem doing something nice for somebody? Like, oh, fuck. No, I don't. Right, that's what I thought. Creating that internal dialogue, man. Listening to that. Let me tell you, the drugs and alcohol, they drown that out. They drown out that goodness. They drown out that greatness. They drown out that inspiration. They kill that ambition. My brother, man, my brother, my own brother, my blood. Dude's addicted to weed, smoking weed every day. That's not a problem. Dude, you have no ambition, bro. You got no ambition. You've never had ambition because it's all you do. Living on that pipe, living on that joint, living on that bong, acting like it's no big deal. Dude, you wake up and do that shit. And then you want to cry and complain? Man, like, People need to see that self-control and self-discipline, that's the greatest high known to mankind. That's the greatest fucking feeling ever. Knowing that I can go anywhere into any environment, it's like, pff, walking right in. Shh. Oh, why? Because I fortified myself enough to do that. No, I'm not triggered by that. I'm not saying it didn't come in my mind, but I quickly checked it. And I said, no, uh, the feeling of avoiding not the feeling of resisting and developing self-control and not engaging in this behavior 
is a lot less painful than if I did, I did get this temporary pleasure and then wake up tomorrow regretting it. Waking up tomorrow knowing, look at you again, dude. Same shit with you. You can't say no. You can't. Really? Really, it's that bad. Really? You were right on the precipice of leveling up. You were right on the cusp of leveling up. That was the fucking moment you were going to learn and grow. That was the moment you were going to walk away and go, damn, that felt really good. That felt really good. That felt really good to want to get loaded, to have, like, like want to call the dope man and instead went into my phone deleted dude's number. That felt really good. That felt really good. It felt really good to eliminate the distractions from my life. It felt really good to trim the fat in terms of who I hang out with. I mean, we think we have friends. We, same guy, yeah, I'm your friend, all about your back, brother. Same guy's ready to stab you in the back when you're not looking. Like, who we need, guys, we need, we need other men who we can get vulnerable and transparent with that'll hold us accountable. That's what we need. Those are the kind of guys I want around me. That healthy competition, that healthy accountability. I just got a text before I rolled in here. My homie told me, he said, never forget why we started. He said, long view, fucking long view. And I love that. Right before I just came in, never forget why we started, long view. Fucking long view. You know what the long view is? It's having that long view. Knowing and understanding whatever's taking place now is what it is. But inevitably, I'm going to walk through this fire. It's going to mend and mold me, make me stronger. And I'm going to get to that place and eventually get to that place and look back and be like, yeah, I did that. I did that. Creating a guy that I'm proud of and then giving that away. Trust me. Let me show you something. I'm not talking out of the side of my neck. You don't think I live this? <coughs> I show this photo all the time. I show this photo to put things in perspective for you guys. Make you sick, bro. Yeah. To put it in perspective to show you guys that anything is possible if you just believe in you. Not even close. Nah. Not even close, bro. So when you, put the, when you put the love and the belief in you before everything else, gentlemen, everything comes from that space. It's like, what if? What if I went back to college? And I did it. Right? What if you graduated? What if you became, what if you got in better shape? What if you started to hold yourself accountable to these areas? What if? What if? What if? What if? And then it becomes a game. And then you're like, man. And you start leveling up in those areas and you're like, I never thought this was possible. I never thought I could do this. And you realize like, fuck, the only thing that was missing was just me believing in me and holding myself accountable. That was it. Like at some point in time, we get tired of just like washing up on the shore at some facility and hoping that facility is gonna change me. That's how I was. I would roll in the facility and I would sit there and I'd be waiting for something to take place to change the way I felt. And I call that confusing proximity with participation. Just because I'm here means that I'm growing? No, man. What have I always told guys? I tell them, if you sign up for that college class and you buy those books, 
Does that guarantee you an A? Hell no. If I listen to that lecture, does that guarantee me an A? No. If I go to 24-hour fitness, I buy those meal prep containers and I buy that protein powder, does that guarantee me a great physique and six-pack abs? Fuck no. And if I roll into here, does that guarantee me sobriety and a healthy life? No, guys. The guarantee is predicated on you. <coughs> you are in control of that. It's all dependent on you. It's in those moments of being able to say no. You know what? Not today, man. Not today. I'm not going to turn back towards my vices today. Paying attention to how I'm thinking, to how I'm feeling, to how I'm responding. Is my behavior in line with becoming that guy? Do I need to always be right? Does it always have to be about me? Is it always really that bad that I have to escape? What am I hiding? What am I running from? What am I afraid of? Breaking that open and letting it out in the room. I may not even know you. <laughs> and I'm afraid to talk. It's like, it's amazing to me that we care about ourselves more than other people. But yet we care about what they think more than what we think. That's, that's crazy. It's like, at some point in time, it's like, hey, bro, I don't know you from the next guy. But I know what I'm here for, and I know what I'm here to do. And what I'm here to do is open that up and put that out on the table so that I can heal from these things. I can heal from all these traumatic experiences that I've had and no longer live in a victim state because of this stuff and no longer continue to perpetuate the same wounds on myself. People that were physically abused, they physically abuse themselves. People that were emotionally abused, they emotionally abuse themselves. People that were verbally abused, they verbally abuse themselves. People that were emotionally and physically neglected, they emotionally and physically neglect themselves, lock themselves in the room for multiple days and isolate. People that were sexually abused, they sexually abuse themselves, having, multiple, having sex with multiple partners unprotected. Just no respect. And the only thing to do at that point when there's no respect for the self is to get high, is to escape that feeling, a feeling of self-hatred, a feeling of self-loathing, a feeling of like, look at you. Look at you, dude. No respect for you. No honor for you. None. The only thing to do at that point is to get loaded. That's why, guys, that's why when people leave, like, what happened when you relapsed? I don't know. I don't know. Or, I wasn't calling my sponsor. I wasn't. No. You weren't holding yourself accountable. No, you forgot why you started in the first place. No, you forgot the vision. No, you weren't paying attention. And no, you went and hung out with those same guys. And those same guys, because you hadn't developed any internal process, those same guys had that same type of influence on you instead of it being the other fucking way around like it should have. Because you're supposed to go back there and be a leader. Think those guys want to live like that? Come on, man. That's when you go back and they're like, hey, hey, you want to get down? And you're like, no, nah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> they're like, oh, really? Come on. Because why? Because you went to read. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, because of that. What's up? Yeah, because of that. I'm serious about my fucking life now. I'm not trying to fuck my shit off anymore. I'm serious about leveling up. I'm not taking the easy way out and cutting fucking corners. That's why. You got something to say about that? Well, no. That's what I thought. Right, because how could you hate on that? How could you hate on that? How could you hate on a guy that wants to improve himself? How could you hate on that? The only reason you would hate on that is that comes from your own insecurities and inferiority about your inability to fucking do it. It's the only reason you hate on that. And the sad part is, like, that's what's portrayed in the media now. It's cool to not believe in God. It's cool to use dope. It's cool to, to just exploit women. That's what's cool. You know what's cool? The motherfucker who takes care of business, gets up in the morning, goes to work. He works out hard, takes care of his physical body, talks to himself with, 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 with positive self-talk, inspiring, uplifting, motivating self-talk, treats others with respect. Helps others, adds value to the world. He's of service in every way. That's cool. You know why? Because that shit ain't average. It's not normal. It's uncommon. I mean, everybody here, you want to have that feeling. You want that feeling. And you're chasing that feeling through the wrong shit. That's what I'm telling you. You're chasing the feeling through the wrong thing. You're chasing it through something that's temporary. It's not gonna last long, I told you, in life. Anything that comes easy never lasts long. And anything that lasts long never comes easy, gentlemen. You keep seeking the answers in the same place that you lost the happiness. Understand, there's a brick wall there. And that's not your path. That's not your vision. And that's why you're here, because it's not your path and it's not your vision, and you know that. You know that. But understand one thing. Falling in love with that process of working on yourself is where it's at. Setting that standard, setting those limits, setting that bar high. Thinking about me in a new way where I go, man, like, you haven't been loving you. You haven't been taking care of you, man. And you know what? Like, fuck that. It's time to start demonstrating that. And everything you do. I had a guy back in the day who told me, hang with the winners. He was a young kid. And I was in treatment. He told me, hang with the winners. And I remember looking at this counselor and I'm like, hang with the winners? I'm like, fucking guy. I'm like, I hang with, I do hang with winners. No, I didn't hang with winners. I didn't hang with anybody that wanted anything great for themselves. I hung with guys, I hung with lower companions. And you know what? I ended up acquiring what I admired in those guys. I acquired all those attributes. Wanted that quick, fast money, never wanted to work hard for anything. Wanted that quick, temporary fix. Wanted all that. Never wanted anything great. Everybody in this room, you want to have that feeling about you and that feeling is created by you living in accordance with the plan, living in accordance with that structure, living in accordance with that vision, making sure those behaviors line up with that vision. That's it. Checking yourself at every given moment. 
checking yourself. Just understand one thing. Things outside of you are only in control of you when you allow them to be. And no emotion is ever enough to push you into a state of self-destruction. Unless you allow it. Again, like this, this thing is the most powerful weapon you will ever have. It'll put you in the fetal position in the corner if you allow it to. But can also take you to a place of the summit, of a peak, a mountaintop. Now let's talk about success. Success can be achieved daily. You can be successful today, at the end of today. At the end of today or the end of tomorrow, you can say, I was successful today. Success can be achieved daily. You can be successful today. You can be successful tomorrow. And let me tell you, you don't think if you master today, master tomorrow, and string together multiple days like that, that's going to take you somewhere? I mean, you don't think that's going to take you somewhere? That's what this is about. It's about create that structure. Create that consistency. Fall in love with the fact that you hold yourself accountable to that consistency. That alarm goes off. It goes off and it's going off in your ear, going off in your face. And your first inclination was to hit that snooze and you're like, no, not today. Nope, rolling right out of bed, grabbing that book, morning reflection, boom, start the day off. Boom, get that coffee in me, straight to that workout. Right after that workout, straight to that meal, healthy meal. After that meal, right, reaching out to somebody, adding value to their life. Hey bro, I just wanna send you this good morning. Wow, bro, he's, he's changed. Yeah, you know why I've changed? It's because I've started to live from a place of gratitude. Gratitude is an action word. How many people say they're grateful? Oh, I'm grateful. How do you demonstrate gratitude? That's, that's a person that lives in a state of gratitude. You know why? Because they're grateful for the life they have. Because they demonstrate that. It comes across in their behaviors. Not in just their talk. You know, I'm grateful. You know, I'm just trying to stay in gratitude. No, I am in gratitude. I am in gratitude. I'm grateful because I demonstrate that in everything that I do and why I do it. You guys are winners. You guys aren't losers. You guys are winners. You won the battle. You made it here. My question is, what are you going to do from this point? And are you ready to take on that task? And understand, it's never bigger than you. Only when you make it bigger than you is it bigger than you. You can't live in the shame. You can't live in the guilt. You can't live there. You can't live from that emotional space and hope that one day you'll get to where you want to go. You can't live there, man. And so if you're living there, if you're that guy today and I'm talking to you, right? And if you're living from that emotional space, understand one thing. Get out of it. Get out of it. Get out of the self-pity. Get out of the self-loathing. Get out of that negative, pessimistic, cynical, man. You know, what? you know why we do that? I'll tell you why we do that. I'll tell you why I did that. Because I didn't want to invest in the idea that something else was possible and I was worth that possibility. I didn't want to invest in the idea, guys, that something else was possible and I was worth that possibility. So anytime you catch yourself being negative, check yourself. Check yourself. Feel that feeling of looking in the mirror and liking what you see looking back at you. Because that guy lives in accordance with a set of principles 
and a set of morals and ethical standards that make him a man. That make you proud of that guy where you look and go, that's me. I don't give a shit who I was. This is me repaying everything that I took. This is me making a living amends every fucking day for what I did and what I've done. That's why people say, make amends, nice step. Dude, I gotta make amends to me. I gotta look in the mirror and be like, dude, I'm so sorry, man. I've been totally treating you like shit, putting you in high risk behavior every day, endangering your life. And I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. You don't deserve to be treated that way. It's time to start respecting you. Talking to you positive. Motivating you, uplifting you, validating you. I mean, how many people validate themselves here? You guys validate yourself? The validation of self is essential. Hey, good job, man. Look at you right now. This is the point in time where you normally would have gave up. But look at you right now. Look at you, man. I'm so proud of you, dude. This is amazing. You're getting there. You're getting there. It's small steps, man. That internal dialogue, that self-talk, that's inspiring, that's so loving. Comes from such a healthy place in you. Just pure love. Just pure love. I'm so proud of you. Look at what you're doing, man. You're here all alone. You're scared, but you're still pushing forward. You could have left 15 times over the last two days, but you didn't do it. I'm so proud of you. Look at you, dude. I'm proud of you. Keep going. That internal process. Instead of that self-talk that just cuts ourselves down. Come on, guys. You're better than that. Come too far to continue that cycle. You come too far to continue to just repeat and, and just inflict the same wounds that were inflicted on you. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm trying to, like, if I'm speaking your language, then that means that it's inside of you. And that, I mean, if, if it's inside of you, that means that you were born with it. And that means that, you know, God put it there. And what does that mean? That means that's your path. Whatever you're feeling right now, you're knowing, you're feeling what I'm saying because you're like, man, he's speaking my language because he's been where I'm at. And you know what? I want that. I want that so fucking bad, dude. And you know what? Yeah, I am super excited about this because you know what? It's not about just being sober. This ain't about the alcohol. No, the alcohol is the solution to the problem. The solution to the way I feel about me. Because when I feel like shit about me, I have to drink alcohol just to escape it because it becomes too painful. I have to use heroin to escape it because it just becomes too painful. I have to take the Xanax just to ease the anxiety that I feel about me not being able to measure up in life. <coughs> I have to take those bars, I have to shoot that dope, I have to take that methadone, I have to do whatever the fuck I can do to escape me and my own fear and anxiety about the fact that I'm not becoming and being who I need to be. And that's that same voice that brought you here. What do you guys think about that? I hope so. Yeah, I'm fucking fired up, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we need. I can't keep my fucking No, it's okay, bro. I know you're on those you're on that 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 uh that that medicine or whatever. Um, um okay what I wanna talk about today is 
Dude, save me some time, bro. Because I'll spend 45 minutes writing that stuff. Yeah. So if you have a marker. <laughs> which I do have like Okay, so what I want to talk about today is something called alchemy. Is anybody familiar with alchemy? What's up, man? Alchemy. Okay, uh, anybody have a phone on? Okay, read me the definition of alchemy. Doodle it. Alchemy. Now read me all the definitions. Alright, so alchemy, the medieval forerunner of chemistry based on the supposed transformation of matter. It was concerned particularly with attempts to convert base metals into gold or to find a universal elixir. Another definition is a seemingly massive <coughs> process of transformation, creation or combination. Okay, one more time. That a one. seemingly magical process of transformation, creation, or a combination. So that's where you take copper and turn it into gold. Finding the person who's right for you requires a very subtle alchemy. So that's where you take copper and turn it into gold, right? So it's not real. It's where you take something and turn it into something else. You take glass, you take sand and turn it into it's glass. Real. It's real. It's real. You melt sand, you get glass. You do something with So it's the process of taking something and turning it into something else. Information. How do makes copper into gold? A chemical process. process. A chemical process. So they add different chemicals together. It doesn't matter. You put chemicals in it and it turns to gold. Yeah. Only if you mix it with gold. No. <laughs> no. They mix it. So this is where you take something and turn it into something else. See, the reality is sometimes we come into this environment and we don't realize like why we really came here. Sometimes we come into this environment, right? And how many people can, can relate to this? They come into the environment, right? And they roll into the environment. Somebody locked me out. You gotta turn to the right. Turn to the right. I wish you got the food. Turn to the right. Yeah, they did it backwards, upside down. Yeah. Uh, I can have some pasta in China. That should work out. So, <laughs> you walk into the environment, right? And you're like, all right, I'm here. You walk in, and where you thought you walked into was you thought you walked into rehab, right? You thought it was rehab. And think about that word rehab. Doesn't that word rehab carry like a negative connotation to it, like a negative energy? Right? What's your name, man? Louis. Louis. Like, where's Louis at? Oh, he's in, uh, he's in drug and alcohol rehab. Right? And sometimes subconsciously we roll in this environment and start relating to this environment in the same way that other people see the environment. And we see it as rehab. Right? Like it's a consequence from what I've done rather than what it actually is, which is an opportunity for the future. So I start seeing this environment in a negative way. So I start having a negative relationship to the one environment that's actually supposed to help me get to where I want to be. But see, sometimes we don't pay attention to that. Sometimes we don't even pay attention to how we relate to this environment. We see it as another consequence from what I've done rather than what it actually is, which is an opportunity for the future, man. So my question for you today, and it's rhetorical, is are you willing to remove that, that, that word from your vocabulary? Your belief system. Right? Are you willing to subtract and remove that word from the language you use? This isn't rehab, right? This isn't rehab. All right, Tim, well, if it's not rehab, then what it is? This is redemption. Okay, Tim, if it's not rehab, what is it? This is evolution. This is reconciliation. This is reincarnation. 
This is me rising out of the ashes to take the form of something new. And let me tell you right now about things that are new. God is always doing new things in old people. God is always doing new things in old people. See, all that stuff, all that stuff that you went through, all that physical abuse, the sexual abuse, the emotional abuse, the divorce, right? The way that you traumatized yourself in your active addiction, that God wants to use all that. Yeah, He wants to take all your pain and turn it into purpose. He wants to take all that pain and turn it into purpose. In the beginning, when you come in, right, most people ask you, why are you here? And the common generic answer that's always provided is something like this. I'm here because I want to be sober. And I'm here because I want to be successful. And I'm here because I want to be happy. Because see, at some point in time, those generic answers start to become more defined. And I start to realize, like, why am I really here? Like, what is your why? What is your mission statement? What is your why? Because every, every great corporation was started with a great why. And in the beginning, it's like real basic because I want to be healthy and I want to be sober. But here's the problem. At some point in time, what I want for me doesn't matter. My why, if it involves me, doesn't matter. Like I'm going to hit that wall in my recovery and my success, my sobriety, my happiness in this moment doesn't matter. I just want to drink. My success, my happiness, my future in this moment, doesn't matter. I just want to get high. Fuck all that. So what I have to do is start to pay attention to what my why really is. And I have to start to, to redefine my why, meaning my mission, meaning my reason, meaning like don't let life make you forget what you started in the first place. Like why I decided to walk into this environment in the first place. Now, why did I decide to do that? What was my why? Well, here's the thing. At some point, your why starts to change. Maybe the reality is, this ain't even about me. Maybe the reality is, this is about you getting sober, helping another guy, and when that guy's driving home at 2 a.m. in the middle of the night, there's a car crash, and because he's not inebriated, drunk and high, there's an infant trapped in a burning car, and he's able to save that infant in that moment because you were to help. See, that's where I go with my head. That's where I go in my head. Like maybe it ain't even about me. Like maybe it's about other people that I'm supposed to help. So maybe the reality is God is trying to take all my pain and turn it into purpose. So maybe this is alchemy. Maybe God wants to take my trauma and turn it into triumph. The first stage of alchemy, what I want to bring up is a couple things. So... Number one, I can. See, I, I said, you notice how I underlined here? I said can, will, can, 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 can and will, can. It doesn't say I can't anywhere on that, that screen. And see, sometimes, guys, we come in here. We start looking at, like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here right now. My life should be somewhere else, man. Like, you don't know. You don't know, man. Like, I, I should not be here. And we start seeing, like, the fact that I'm here, like, that somehow this isn't where I should be. That somehow this isn't my plan. So I start seeing, like, that this happened to me. 
that this is happening to me. That, that this is happening, it's happening to me, I shouldn't be here, this isn't the right path that I'm on, and, and this is somehow, this is just wrong place, wrong time, I, I shouldn't be here. Mind if I snap a pick? No, no. I was going to ask you that, because I can't see anything, so. So, unintentionally, what we're not seeing is, I mean, my question for you is, is it happening to you, or is it happening for you? Because the man that sees that it happened to, that, that it happens to him, is in a state of powerlessness. Like, life happens to me, not for me. But see, the guy that's able to see that life happens for me, now that guy is in a state of empowerment. He's in a position of power. He's powerful instead of powerless. So my question to you is, are you able to see it that way? Did this happen to you, or did this happen for you? Definitely four. Four? No question about it. So I can see that this experience is all I ever need to gain the confidence and self-respect I long for. This right here. Like when you overcome yourself right here. That's all you ever need for the rest of your life. Like suffer now so you can live the rest of your life as a champion. Like go through what you need to go through now so you can live the rest of your life as a victor instead of a victim. Go through the pain and suffering now. Overcome yourself. Turn yourself inside out. Overcome what you need to overcome so you can get to a place where you can have self-respect and self-confidence. See, most people think that self-confidence is just something that like, people get. But if you're confident in something, that means you're good at something, right? Think about it. You couldn't be confident in playing a sport if you weren't good at that sport. You couldn't be confident in walking up to a woman if you weren't confident, right? If you, did, if you didn't believe you could do that or could get it. You wouldn't be confident, right? In uh, you wouldn't be confident in speaking in front of a group of people unless you had done that and you were good at it. So self-confidence comes when I become good at being myself. Becomes good at when I am able to be me. And see, that's the that's one of the hardest parts about getting clean and sober. The hardest part about getting clean and sober is learning how to be me. Unadulterated, uninebriated, not having to overcompensate for anything. Because trust me, I did that for the majority of my life. I walked through life with a jacket, covering up all my insecurities, covering up all my pain. And I overcompensated for it, acting like I didn't give a fuck. I don't really give a fuck. And in reality, I did give a fuck. Because if I could get under myself in the illusion that I didn't give a fuck, if I didn't give a fuck about you, if I didn't give a fuck about me, if I didn't give a fuck about my future, then I could live in denial and justify why it was okay for me to continue to do the things that I did. See, this experience, gentlemen, this is all you ever need. Maybe everything you need to succeed is right here. Maybe when the man is able to overcome himself in this environment, maybe that's all he needed to live the rest of his life as a victor. Overcoming you. See, when a guy has overcome himself and overcome something that most people die as a result of, right? How many people suffer from substance abuse in America? 24 million? 
24 million Americans suffer from substance abuse. 192 people a day die from substance abuse. That's the equivalent of like two 747s going down every day. Yeah, that's the equivalent of a 9-11 in America every two and a half weeks. So the amount of people that died when the Twin Towers fell, that many people die from substance abuse in America every two and a half weeks. Damn. Wow. Hey, that's recorded. That just no, no, man. So think about that. Now, if 24 million Americans suffer, well, how many, mil how many of those Americans are getting treatment? About 19 million. About 19 million are not getting treatment. About 5 million are getting treatment. Okay, out of those 5 million who actually get treatment, who actually gets adequate treatment? Meaning, like, aside from me just throwing a rake at you and telling you to cut some potatoes in the kitchen. Probably about 5%. So what does that tell me about the position that I'm in right now, strategically? Good position. Position to advance. You're helping others, yeah. You're I'm in a position that majority of people aren't even in and will never have the opportunity to be in. So instead of looking where I could be and where I'm not, where I should be and where I'm not, where I would be and where I'm not, why don't I look at where I am? If I asked the majority of you guys, right, if, if I told you 90 days ago that you would be here right now, you would have scoffed and laughed at me. You know, yeah, you're right. When you were knee deep in your addiction, you would have been like, so maybe the reality is this experience, because I'll tell you this much about life, and you guys already know this, hopefully you do, is that life gives us whatever experiences are most vital for the development of our character and consciousness. So why am I resisting something that's mine? Like when it happens in my life, I just, instead of saying, man, why is this, I just say, hey, I guess this is mine. I guess this is mine. This is given to me for a reason, right? This is in my life for a reason. For a purpose, on purpose. I will overcome who I thought I was if I truly want to change, and I'm obsessed with that change. See, most people aren't obsessed. They're not as obsessed with wanting to change as much as they were obsessed with getting high. See, the level of obsession is not equal. There was a higher level of obsession in their act of addiction than there was the obsession to actually change when it came time to overcome their addiction. So you gotta be obsessed. You gotta be obsessed with growth. You gotta be obsessed with growth. You gotta be obsessed, obsessed. Most people, they don't win, they don't win the battle, and they forfeit because they're not obsessed. They just kinda won. Right, you guys have heard the, the metaphor, the analogy or the parable about the guru, right? Guy meets the guru, says, hey man, I want to be successful. He says, meet me down on the beach tomorrow, 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. Shows up in suit and tie. He says, hey, man, you want to be successful? He goes, yeah, walk out in the water with me. You walk out a little bit, right? He says, uh, you still want to be successful? He goes, yeah, walk out a little deeper. Now they're like knee deep in water. He says, you still want to be successful? He goes, what are we doing out here, man? He goes, keep walking. With me. They walk a little deeper now. Now he's like neck deep in water, right? And he's like, you still want to be successful? He's like, yeah. So he grabs his head and he pushes him underwater. And he's holding and he's fighting and he's fighting and he's fighting and he's fighting. And he's fighting. 
And just before he gives up, right, he lets his head up. And he, and he goes, what were you thinking about when we were underwater? I just wanted to breathe. He goes, yeah. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, that's when you'll be successful. See, most people aren't obsessed with the growth. They're not obsessed with the transformation. They're not obsessed with taking something and turning it into something else. See, most of you don't realize you're sitting on a gold mine. You're sitting on a gold mine, man. Your story, your testimony has the power to change lives. Your story. And most people, right, they're like, man, I still want to get high. But the fact is, they haven't experienced the best high. I'll tell you what the best high is, the helping high. You tell me, right, when you get that one year and you're at that podium and they bring you that cake and you blow out the candles on that cake and you say, thank you, God, thank you to my family, and most importantly, thank you to me for believing in me, right? You blow out those candles, right? You take that coin and you give that coin to a new guy and you drive away in your car that you're not high. Tell me you're not high. You tell me that you're not high. See, natural highs. When you got your daughter, you got your son, crawling all over you, calling you dad and telling you that they love you. You tell me that you're not high. When you go to your mom's house and your mom says, hey son, you have everything you need? You say, yeah, mom. I got everything I need right here. Son, we're really worried about you. Can we do anything for you? And you say, no, mom. I need something for you. And you tell me that you don't drive away high. See, I get high all the time. I just don't take anything. See, natural highs. Natural highs. And that's what this is about, really. See, life takes on a different experience when you've already been in the gutter. Most people would never get to experience the level of gratitude and joy that you will and I do unless they've been there. So I will overcome who I thought I was if I truly want to change and I'm obsessed with that change. I can transmute my pain into higher purpose and personal power. See, there's a guy out there right now in your hometown. Right now, in your hometown. Right, where are you from? Chicago. There's a guy out there right now in Chicago, right? He's out there on the streets, in some corner, in some street corner. What do you use? Heroin. Shooting heroin. Yeah. He's out there shooting heroin on some street corner. Doesn't need a doctor. He doesn't need a lawyer. He doesn't need a marriage and family therapist with 10 letters after her name. You know who he needs? You. Yeah. You and your story. Right? Some people don't need you to preach a sermon. They need to see you live one. So some people's belief in their ability to get sober is predicated on you and your journey. It's like, hey, I didn't think I could get sober. When I saw you get sober, then I believed that possibly it was, I was capable of it. I didn't think that I could get right, but when I see what happened to you and what you overcome, then it made me think that maybe I could do that too. So maybe the reality is it ain't even about me. Maybe it's not even about me. 
Maybe it's about the fact that God has taken me through what I've gone through to put me in a strategic position of leadership and influence in certain people's life so that I can help them recover. Because here's the thing. You never know the ripple effect that it creates. That's one life. That's one human life. You affected that man's life. It affected his kids. It affected his kids' kids. It affected his parents. It affected his brother, his sister. It affected the community, the society, the place he worked. You didn't understand that the impact that you make had a ripple effect in that guy's life. And you'll probably never see that until you go into the next one. Butterfly effect. So I can transmute my pain into higher purpose, meaning everything you've gone through, all of the terrible things you've gone through, trust me, i got stories. Just like you do. Everything I've gone through in my life, once I overcame it, see, now I've overcome it, now I know how to overcome it. Now I know how to do it. Now I know how it's done. And once I know how it's done, now I can take that insight and information and I can share it with you. See, in reality, people talk a lot about trauma and addiction, the correlation between trauma and addiction, but not a lot of people talk about the correlation between trauma and triumph. So maybe the reality is I'm, I'm supposed to, maybe everything I need to succeed is already right here. Maybe all this stuff, all my crap, the stuff that like I looked at and thought like, man, I can't believe this happened. I just want to get rid of this stuff and get over the shame and guilt and just get rid of it all. Like maybe what God wants to use all that. Maybe that's the stuff that God wants to use. Yeah, that, that broken mess of stuff. Yeah, maybe that's the stuff that God wants to use. Because once you overcome that, now you have a unique set of skills that you can then give to another man who has yet to be in your position. The ripple effect. And here's the thing. Like early on, I thought I was broken. I thought I was a broken person. I'm broken and I need fixing. But that wasn't true. I was just hurt and needed to heal. Completely different concept. See, I thought I was broken and needed fixing, but it wasn't true. I was just hurt and needed to heal. Completely different concept. Okay, Tim, what did you need to heal from? I needed to heal from years, years of torment. Of what I put myself through. Of what I put others through. Of how I neglected myself. And not only that, but other things that took place in my life early on. I hadn't healed from it. I hadn't healed from it. And every single time it came time for me to get sober, I tried to eliminate the drugs and alcohol instead of addressing the actual problem. So when it actually came time to get better, I realized, hang on a second, maybe the drugs and alcohol aren't the problem. Maybe they're an attempt to solve a problem. And maybe my problem is that I have a self-esteem problem, a self-worth problem, a self-confidence problem, a stress management problem. Maybe I got a trauma problem. And maybe I use the drugs and alcohol to deal with the trauma. I don't know about you, but I've never met a single individual in my life that put a needle in their neck in a Starbucks bathroom that loved themselves. Never met that guy. I've never met a guy, right, that drank copious amounts of Jack Daniels alone in an apartment that loved himself. Never met that guy. So then it's not really about the addiction then. It's not why the addiction, it's always why the pain. Because every addiction begins and ends in pain. I can face my demons and fight the battle 
Collecting scars proves I showed up for myself. All the scars that we have, we all have them. We got, we got physical scars, but we also got scars that people can't see. And a lot of those scars aren't even scars yet. They're still wounds. They're wounds, they're open wounds, open infected gashes and wounds, sores. That we need to treat, that we need to heal from. And here's the thing about healing. You guys can help each other heal sometimes more than some of the people that work here can. I know you've seen that. You've, you've been there, you've seen that. Firsthand, there were many groups where you were there. Massive amount of healing comes from men helping men. Relationships, meaningful relationships, gentlemen. Money can't buy you that. Money can't buy you that. Relationships built on transparency, vulnerability, love, empathy, loyalty, accountability. See, money can't buy you that. And a lot of us, our relationships before we came here are transactional. Like, what do you have for me? Like, hey, let's go out and get, let's go out on a Friday night and let's get fucked up and let's call each other on a Saturday morning about how shitty we feel. And I call those guys my brothers. Okay, my brother, bro. Now, you may have known the dude for a while, but I guarantee if I asked him if he knows more about your recent relapse, or if he knows more about your hopes and dreams, and if I asked him to describe your hopes and dreams, I guarantee he couldn't do it. Because if he knew your hopes and dreams and said that he cared and loved about you, then he wouldn't spend that night with you at the bar. He would spend that night with you talking about your hopes and dreams and how he's going to help you get to that point. See, meaningful relationships, real relationships, real brotherhood, real camaraderie, money can't buy you. And that's what we want. That's what we long for. And see, what you didn't realize yet is you already enrolled in that process. The men that you will find in your recovery will be the men that you most closely identify with and they will, that will establish some of the most meaningful relationships you've ever had in your life. Where you can actually genuinely open up with another man about what has gone on with you and he looks you in the eyes and says, bro, I've done the same thing and I felt the same way. No shame to me, I dude. You're not alone in that. Keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. So I can face my demons and fight the battle. You know, struggles in our life, guys, adversity. Adversity builds character. It chisels out and molds out our character. Right? Like we grow through what we go through. Everything we go in our life shapes and molds us. Everything we go in our life, everything we go through in our life develops some type of, some aspect of our character. Develops something within us. You develop mental toughness. You develop grit. You develop endurance. You develop resiliency. You develop fortitude. You develop inner strength. 
from the stuff that you go through. So if I know that, then why am I looking down on these experiences? Like some guys, they talk to me and they're like, hey, what do you want out of doing this? And they'll, usually the answer is usually, man, I just want to be happy. But happiness is fleeting, right? Happiness comes and goes. No one ever says they want to be grateful. See, happiness a lot of times is determined by what takes place in the environment. Happiness a lot of times is determined by external variables and conditions in my life. But gratitude, however, gratitude, I can activate like that. I can activate gratitude just by looking at where I was and where I'm at now. Gratitude is activated. You ever notice that's why a sponsor tells you, right, do a gratitude list in the morning? Why do you think he tells you to do that list? He tells you to do that list so that first thing in the morning you activate gratitude. Because any emotion that you activate and prolong, you download and install. Everybody knows a guy, right, who is a bitter, angry dude. The only way that dude became bitter and angry is by activating bitterness and anger and prolonging it and looking for things to validate his bitterness and anger throughout the day and then eventually downloading and installing that until that became who he was. So what I should be paying attention to is the emotions that I feel in regard to this experience, meaning can you create an emotional experience in the confines of this room that exceeds this room? Are you thinking about that cake? Are you thinking about your kids crawling all over you, calling you dad, telling them they love you? Are you thinking about making your people proud? Making your people proud. See, all the time people will tell you, no, man, don't do it for them. Do it for you. No, fuck that. Do it for them. Do it for your family. Do it for the people that rely on you. Some of us, some of us, some of us, we're like, man, how do these people still love me? How can you still love me after everything I put you through? But the reality is maybe, just maybe, they see something in you that you have yet to see in yourself. And we're like, man, you just love me because you're related to me. You just love me because you're my kids. You just love me because you're my wife. You just love me because you're my dad or my mom. But the reality is maybe they don't love you just because. Maybe they love you because they see something in you that you have yet to see for yourself. I hear people all the time talk about, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. I am what? I'm an addict. I'm an alcoholic, right? I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm a failure. I'm a fuck up. I'm no good. I'm not good enough. I can't measure up. I made like all this stuff, right? All this stuff that I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. The words I am have, I am have potent and reality changing frequencies. Whatever words, thoughts, and intentions you put after the words I am will create your reality. So if I'm saying I am, I, you are what? Who's giving you labels? Yeah. Our belief system is allowing them to make them real. Yes. Um, nobody, you know, just because somebody says something doesn't mean it's real. We actually make a decision in our head to allow that to be real. Yes. And the sad part is some of us are putting people who are negative people who treated us negatively on a pedestal. And we're letting them control our life. 
It doesn't matter what other people say about you. What matters is what you say about you. That's what matters. It doesn't matter that other people look at you and they go, wow, you're back at drug rehab. This ain't rehab for me, bro. You might see it as rehab from the outside looking in, but you don't know what, how I relate to this. It ain't rehab for me. This is my spiritual awakening. And it doesn't matter how many times I've tried to do this once before, right? Every time is a new experience. Every opportunity, every opportunity that I have in my life is a time where I can grow and I can learn. Growth through adversity. Growth through adversity. But that's a choice. That's a choice. In order to grow through adversity, I have to make a choice to see the adversity as an opportunity for growth. That's the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. See, the fixed mindset says, this is happening to me, and I wish this wasn't happening. This shouldn't be happening. Whereas the growth mindset says, this is happening for me, it's happening for a reason, and this is my path, and I'm going to own it. Big difference. A huge difference. Huge difference. So I can choose purpose over pleasure. Most people don't do that. Most people sacrifice tomorrow's happiness for today's pleasure. Feel good now, deal with consequences later. Feel good now, deal with consequences later. You can't sacrifice tomorrow's happiness for today's pleasure. You can't afford to do that anymore. And you also can't keep searching for happiness in the same place you just lost it. Because that's what we do. Right? I think I'm going to go back to the drug and alcohol use and that's going to do something for me that I already know it doesn't do. Learn behaviors. Learn behaviors again. So it's like, okay, hang on a second. Why do I continue to try to convince my mind of something that my heart already knows is wrong? Why do I try to convince my mind of something my heart already knows is wrong? And, it's like, well, the only reason I would do that and the only way I could do that is by manipulating myself. Yeah. My heart already knows it's wrong. My heart already knows my truth. See, gentlemen, your heart, your heart is what brought you here, man. Your heart, your heart said, this ain't your path, man. God's got something better for you. And he chose to walk that out. And once you're no longer physically dependent on the drugs and alcohol, I mean, once they're out of your system, you don't need the detox meds, you gain back the power of choice. But the irony of it is, well, why would someone make a choice to go back to somewhere they just decided they didn't want to be? Doesn't make any sense. Why would you make a choice to go back to somewhere, back to feeling the way you don't want to feel? Well, maybe it wasn't a choice. Maybe the reality is maybe that part of my brain made that choice for me because it sees no other opportunity to make any other choice. So maybe it's because I'm not paying attention and I'm not being honest with myself. Shame, regret. Most people feel these emotions and they want them to go away. 
But shame and regret is your guideline. Every time you feel shame and regret, that's a hookup. That's a hookup from your higher self telling you, hey Tim, every single time you feel this way, it's because you've done these things. So don't do these things and you won't feel this way. See, without the shame, I wouldn't learn. Without the shame, I wouldn't get the message. Without the shame, I wouldn't modify the behavior. So the shame, the shame is actually a good thing. Keeps me in check, shows me that I'm human, shows me that I'm fallible, and helps me identify the areas than a need to change. See, most people, they don't have a problem in terms of the way they feel. They have a problem in the way they interpret those feelings. I'll give you an example. Like three weeks ago, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a, a group with a gentleman. He says, uh, I got a problem, man. I said, what's your problem? He said, I'm anxious. All right, what are you anxious about, bro? He said, I'm anxious because I'm going to court next month and I'm fighting for custody over my daughter with my ex-wife. All right, so what's the problem? He said, the problem is my anxiety. I said, no, it's not. He said, okay. I said, what is the anxiety telling you? That I'm worried? I said, yeah. And what does being worried tell you? And he got stung. He said, I don't know, help me out. I said, that you care. Yeah. I go, right, because if you didn't care, you wouldn't be anxious. He goes, yeah, okay, yeah, I see that. So I said, in essence, the anxiety is actually a good thing because it's holding you accountable between now and the court date so that you don't drink and use again and lose custody of your daughter. So the anxiety serves a purpose. Every emotion has a purpose. There's another gentleman, right? We're in group. He says, I'm depressed. I said, okay, let's run this through. What time are you going to bed? Two. How many hours a day are you on your phone? Five. What's your diet like? And he sighed and went, could be better. Right? Are you exercising? No. Are you going to meetings? Yeah. Are you sharing with the meeting? No. Are you talking to your sponsor? No. All right, so let me run this back. So you're going to bed at 2 a.m., spending five hours a day on your phone, probably playing Angry Birds and playing Tinder, right? You're not working out. You're not opening up about what's going on with you, and your diet's shit, and you're surprised that you're depressed? Maybe the depression is a message sent to you from your higher self telling you that something needs attention and care. See, if you got up right now and punched me in the face, I'd feel pain. And the pain would tell me, hey, Tim, this needs attention and care. Pay attention here. Something needs your attention. But yet, ironically, we don't see emotional pain the same way. I just want it to go away. See, not everything that feels bad is bad for you, gentlemen. Just like not everything that feels good is good for you. We should know that by now. Mm. So I can choose purpose over pleasure. I can and will see every struggle as an opportunity for growth and knowledge. The university of adversity. I can remain positive and fortify my mind with reminders of why I started in the first place. Why did you start in the first place? See, I told you about your why early on. Remember I said you got to develop a very powerful why because every very powerful company had a very powerful why. See, your why gets changed over time. My why, my why, my mission is the way that my daughter will be raised as a result of me being emotionally available and fully present for her. That's my why. 
My why is people's lives that will be impacted as a result of the knowledge, wisdom, and experience I passed down to them. My why is having my mother be able to call me at the drop of a hat for some advice or for an ear to listen. My why is showing up here for you and put my blood, sweat, and tears into this thing. That's my why. So meaning, when I hit that proverbial wall and when I'm on my success and my happiness and that, that moment hits, I remind myself of my why. And my why does not fucking involve me. Doesn't involve me. Doesn't have anything to do with me, really. Back to what I said. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe, maybe it's about other men that if you weren't in a position to help them, they would die. Came back, but I Everybody was happy to see Back a lot. And, you know, Cody's my boy, but it was no like emotion. I didn't break down. You know, I came back and I seen you pull up. I turned my head. And I ain't gonna lie, I cried for the first time. Well, you, you helped me so much. And I, I felt ashamed, you know. He told me, don't, don't feel like that, you know. You got this. You know, I, I just felt like a face coming back, you know. But I was in pain, you know. I had time to get that back. And when I seen him, I just broke down, you know. And you know I'm a strong dude, but I seen you, you know, I just felt, I don't know, I, I felt shame, but I, I don't know, and as a man, I'm telling you, you know, I love you like a brother. Likewise, bro. And uh, I'm just, I'm here, learning again, not trying to be like I know it all. You weren't like that last time. No. Oh, you've always been humble. Remember, you got ahead of yourself. Remember that conversation we had about the fear? You said, I'm scared to go home. Remember that? Yeah. Just was an emotional moment to see you come through that door. I didn't think I was going to see you right then. You know, I, I even put my hat down and, and ducked somebody else. I said, I see you, Ed. I see you. I mean, fuck it, I, whatever, but I didn't feel that, you know. But when I seen you, I just broke down, man. The best thing I have to say is when you hear him speak, you take the notes and take what it is for what it is. And don't be a smart ass, because it ain't gonna work. So I just wanna say thank you. Bro, thank you. Thank you. Some of the greatest groups and moments we've had in group, you were there. They told me to go lay that out, I'm not laying down, give me a shot, I'm going to this group. If that means a lot to me. I don't like to miss groups, especially uh, uh, I just want to say thank you for, you know. Well, thank you. It's my honor and privilege. <clears throat> like I've told you guys before, right? If you stand on the driveway right here, you stand on the driveway on this facility right here, if you look across the street, everybody looked across the street, right? You seen that metal cage on the other side? Yeah, I was in that cage 12 years ago. I was in that cage in a, in a gown. All Thorazined out. Doing Thorazine shuffle. Doing the... 
Yeah. In that cage. They called me one day, they called me and they said, hey, we heard about you, we want you to do a group here. I said, all right, where's it at? They gave me the streets. So I drive over here and I park my vehicle. And I'm walking up the street and I'm like, oh my, there's no way. There's no fucking way right now, you're kidding me, dude. And I get up on this, I get up on the driveway and I fully broke down on the driveway. I had a full breakdown on the driveway. Tears of gratitude, man. I looked across the street, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I said, God, I see it. I see it, God. Thank you. Like, why me? You know, like, why'd you choose me to do that? It makes me emotional right now. Why me? It makes me emotional too. It's like, why not you? Yeah. Check it out. Why not you to be great? Why not you to save a hundred men from death? Why not you? Why not you to be the guy that inspires millions? Why not you? Like sometimes we think that our darkness scares us, but in actuality, it's really our light. It's like, because the second that I have to believe in me and believe in my light and believe in my true potential, that means I got to put forth the effort and energy that's required to get there. So I can remain positive and fortify my mind with reminders of why I started in the first place. My why is him, is this. What gets me fired up? I couldn't do, I couldn't come up with that type of energy if you guys weren't here. You imagine me trying to do this in a room with nobody? No, man, I feed off that energy. I can see that my testimony is a gold mine meant to enrich others' lives. I'm telling you right now, your story, no matter how inadequate, no matter how insignificant you feel that your story is, it has power, man. It's got power to change lives. It has power to save people's life. Everybody knows that feeling, right? You've ever been at the back of an AA meeting and somebody shared their story and like you weren't really feeling being there that night, but when you heard that testimony, something in it kind of hit you and you were like, damn, like you left the meeting and you're like, man, I feel better about doing this. Like I got a little more pep in my step in terms of I feel a little bit more motivated. I feel a little bit more inspired and invigorated because here's the thing. People out there don't understand what we go through in here. Again, they look at it as rehab. But again, this isn't rehab unless I want it to be. This isn't rehab. The word recovery, right? That word. Sometimes we take advantage of that word. We don't realize what that word really means. What does it mean to recover something? Take back. To take it back. To find something that was lost, right? I'm recovering. And I've always told people, right? This process that you're engaged in is like archaeology. It's like archaeology. How do archaeologists dig? Slowly. Slow, right? Slowly, bro. Right? So much to the extent they use like little brushes and little tools that blow air. And what do they uncover? A huge masterpiece. A huge amount of majestic artifacts and, and uh, you know, antiquities, things from the past, right? They uncover them. And then what do they do when they uncover that stuff? Display it. Display it. But before they display it, they, they study it. They study it and they see how it relates to today, right? What is the correlation there? What's the correlation between my physical abuse in early childhood and my substance abuse in my adulthood? What's the correlation between these things that happen and these things now? My sexual abuse and this, 
What's the correlation between this and maybe some behaviors I exhibit? And then once they do that, right, they understand it and they display it. Why? Because they're no longer afraid of what people think about it. Can I respond to that? 100%, please. That's how I was. You know, there's things happened to me when I was a kid that even now thinking about it, it fucks my head up. Never in my life did I talk to anybody about it. I've always been an angry person, did a lot of shit that I wasn't supposed to because I was suppressing all that anger. You know what I mean? It's like I've been in jail for a few, you know, whatever it was. You know, but I never talked to nobody because I never wanted nobody to judge me. Yeah. Because now as you judge me, it's gonna be some shit. Now yeah. if you judge me, you know what? Boom. I still probably be some shit because I'm this is my first time letting it out. But I said I have to let it out because it's bringing problems at home. And that anger is like, you know, crazy. But now I'm not afraid to talk about it. No. I was sexually abused when I was a kid and now it's time for me to let it out because you know I'm tired of this anger. You know, I'm tired of sexually abused as kids or physically abused or emotionally abused or emotionally neglected doesn't say anything about who we are. See, the fact is, is as adults, we look back on those experiences and we have shame and guilt and regret and we're really angry at ourselves because like, why didn't I do something? Why didn't I fight back? But the reality is when that happens to a young kid, the kid doesn't have the capacity to understand even what's happening. They don't know what's happening. A child's mind doesn't have the capacity to even understand that. You see what I'm saying? Somebody says, this happened to me, and then somebody says, so was I. And then what happens, you guys have the power to help each other heal more than some of the people that work here do. You see what I'm talking about? Absolutely. You see exactly what I'm talking about now, how that happened. I that out if I wasn't in his class. I mean, like I said, I brought it up to, you know, until nobody. My fiance always asks me, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you so angry? She touched me this right way. Oh, don't fucking touch me like that. You know what I mean? It's like, and then I, I broke down to her. She's like, babe, you need to get help. You know, you need to go hurt somebody, you want to hurt yourself. You know, you need to get help because she said, I love you and I don't want to lose you. I said, I don't want to lose you either. And I said, you know what? I picked up the phone. Let's do this. And I talked to my job about it. That's and, power. You know, my job is so. That's power. You took your power. My, my job is told me to take some time as you need. You know what I mean? Go get yourself right. And your job is being when you get back. And the fact is, it's like when those things happen, we're afraid to talk because we feel even that the fact that it happened, we feel weak. Exactly. We feel less than. It's like we feel like there's a stain on us. And it's like, no, man. The fact that that happened doesn't say anything about me. It says something about the sick individual that did that. Exactly. It doesn't say anything about who I am as a man. It doesn't mean that I'm less of a man. It doesn't mean that I'm emasculated because that happened. The fact that I'm able to own it and talk about it says more about the fact that I'm a man than the fact that it happened. Yeah, but I spent mostly all my life, you know, I got into plenty of fights, you know, just to show myself I'm still a man. Of course. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, I'm not a weak person. I'm not How many a, guys can relate to that? Kid, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? So, now, it's like, I've never talked about it in my life, man. Like, seriously, it's the first time that it's coming out. Because, not only because of this situation with this lawsuit that's going on with the Boy Scouts of America, you know what I mean? But that right there is, I'm tired of being an angry person. I'm tired of being and then afterwards you're like, what the fuck did I just do? Why did I just do that? Before I used to be abusive when I was young. Now I'm older, so but I'm still mentally abusive, but I say things that hurt deep. That's words that you can't say just because you're oh, all I'm so sorry, I just 
Like, just because you said I'm sorry doesn't take it back. Sorry, you know what I mean? And then when it happens again and again and again, there it goes, you're sorry, don't mean shit, so I don't even say it. Because you're just going to say it again. You know, I said, I'm going to go get help. And instead of pull out, I said, all right, picked up the phone and I'm here. It's fucking deep. As the champ always says, everything you say in this room stays, stays in this room. 100%. 100%. I mean, don't even go sit on the chair and smoke a cigarette and talk about it. Unless you're uh, talking to him about it. It stays in the fucking Absolutely. Yeah. It stays in the fucking room. Because if I hear it, he'll tell you. I'm going to let you know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you. Absolutely. It stays in the fucking room. And that's what we do here, man. Like, we're able to be open and honest with one another. You know how many men that suffer from substance abuse have had something like that happen to them? You wouldn't even believe it. In the seven years I've been doing this, I would say probably upwards of 75 to 85% of men have, and, and had never talked about it before. Think about that, holding stuff in. So I can't suppress the pain without also, also suppressing joy. So it's like I can't have one without the other. So when I suppress the pain, I also suppress other good, good feelings too. And then I just, the only way I overcompensate for it is through the anger and through the violence. So instead of feeling like I'm like I'll never be a victim again, mm-hmm. and then I become the perpetrator, and now I end up hurting people the same way that I was hurt in a different way, but in the same fashion, right? The same type of pain, and it's like, what am I doing? All that air conditioner heat, like all the air conditioner when you run it, builds up all this heat. It has to go somewhere. Yes. And let me tell you, there's a. He's gonna do it later. I ain't gonna spoil it. There's this. There's this group that he does. And be put on the spot. When I got on that hot seat, that's when it came out. It, it's a it's a fucking class that you will never. It will change your fucking life. I don't give a fuck who you are, the toughest guy, uh, uh, the the brainiac, or whatever you want to fucking call yourself. When you get this class, you're gonna remember it for the rest of your fucking just, life. Just just in 16 days, I went from crying and hiding my tears in front of everybody in these rooms to just letting them pour out uh, right in front of everybody. Just 16 days. So freeing, bro. You're grown. 100%. But you see how we sit and you go back and forth, man. I've been busting my ass in these kitchens and I'm sick as a dog. Why do you think I knew it? Yeah. We, we get people together. We get you. Just sit like, at the fucking table together. That. We are addicts, we're not animals. Just sit down collectively and, and sit at the table and eat and talk. Some of us have, like, we haven't even had relationships with other men like that. We've never Some had. Some people are afraid to have that relationship with a man. Totally. To look at you and be like, no, oh, I love you. But tell hey, me, but tell me this. Like no, tell me that after you guys share something like that with one another, that you don't feel more close to them and you don't feel like oh, I would go to war with that. I was, for some reason, I, was, I walked in here yesterday. And I picked the vibe between, you know, like he was cooking, I just kept, let me help, you know what I mean? Not to be Joe, but it's like, I shook his hand, like, like I've known him for a long time. You know what I mean? It's like some reason we had, you know, like a connection, some vibe, you know what I mean? It's so, like I said, I said, he helped, you know, in the kitchen. But, yeah. You know, like, I mean, you know, it's not that I'm Joe and I just be good, I go, see, hey, how you doing, my name is Louis, then I just come. But I don't know what, you know, I felt that connection yesterday, you know what I mean? You see certain people here that, 
know, he's a cool motherfucker. Just like, uh, just like Tim said, um, search for real brotherhood. Yeah. The people you meet in these rehab, the rehab we lay the foundation for our most no, related jobs. I stand up, man. Have I ever find in my life? Cool. Hundred percent. You know, I all my friends are guys I've met in my recovery. All my brothers are guys I've met within the last seven years. All the guys I knew before that are either dead in prison or still selling drugs. And, and I don't try to yeah, tell them that. I don't trust nobody. I don't, you know, I'm like, you know, but I do got one friend from childhood. You know, he's he's the one I talk to all. The, you know, mm-hmm. I can't read kindergarten together. I call that's my brother right there. That's your brother. Mm-hmm. Did you get out with your brother? No, he he don't he don't like. We was both going the right way. For some reason, I went took the wrong exit. He just went going off to college mm-hmm. and all that shit. Got a career. Me, I'm, I'm upstate going to five to ten in the prison. You know what I mean? But we still connected. You know, we'll call him all the time. Even when I feel angry, he's like, you, you, you know, he talked to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's not one of them niggas that fuck. I'm back in the street. Those are in front. You know what I mean? Those are dickheads that they use you as far as they can throw you and they're like, yeah, yeah, spot, you, you know what I mean? You know, Obviously, you can do whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't, but they don't really can't, well, you can't, you don't have no more use, they don't have no more use for you. Hey man, they stop calling, good man, you call them, no, no, I'm busy, I talk to each mother. Mm-hmm. So I just cut everybody off. Now it's, it's me, my right. fiance, you know, my family, that's it. I don't hang in the streets, I don't hang in bars. But I still went out to go get that case of beer and a couple bags of coke, you know what I mean? And just, I always say, no, at least I'm at home. It's the same shit, but in the house now. It's just a band-aid. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. You're, gonna, you're gonna collect people's numbers when you're here. If you stay long enough, we get to know everybody in here. Yeah. I know these guys very well, and I've become really great friends. We've already traded numbers. You know, wow. so it is. drink and snoring, snoring, snoring. It's here goes 12 o'clock at night. You gotta wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Go to work. Go to work, but uh, I can't go to work, so I'm calling out. I want to play something for you guys. Okay. And I just want to go over these last couple ones so I can choose to endure. You got that back? Despite the pain I feel. I can choose to endure despite the pain I feel. So no emotion is ever powerful enough to make us do something self-destructive. It's the power that I give that emotion. Right. So it's like, think about it. If I just sit there and I, I think about what happened to me, right? And I go, no, this time I'm not running from it. I'm not numbing it. I'm not running from it. No, I'm going to sit with this. I need to, I deserve to feel this. I, I am allowed to feel this way. And I'm going to give my, I'm not going to neglect myself. I'm going to allow myself to feel what I need to feel. And I'm going to share how I feel. And I'm going to get to a point that I'm able to share it. And there won't be these feelings involved. Because let me tell you, two years from now, you'll be at a podium talking about that. And I guarantee you five to 10 guys will come up after you, give you a hug and say, Thank you so much for what you just shared, man. You just changed my life. Mm-hmm. Never talked about it in my life. That's why I guess I never changed. I was always covering it up. Really. I was trying to get out of jail or trying to max parole. But now I'm not doing that for parole or I'm, I'm, I'm a free man. I could just actually walk out and I'm get, you know, the only consequence out, I have my family and my job. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm not doing this for parole or for jail. No. I'm doing this for myself, my family. 100%. I can sacrifice everything I am for everything I will become. I will sacrifice everything. Be willing to do that. 
I can and will create the person that I admire in every way possible. So the reality is, why did I come here? I didn't come here to really get sober, although that is one of the reasons. I came here to create a man that I admire, just so I can give that man away for free.